what's your name? Aisha. Aisha. So it was kind of hard hearing you talk about humanity because as your neighbor, a Pakistani, I know you're a bit of a hypocrite because on, you tweeted on February 26th, Jay Hind, hashtag Indian Armed Forces. You are a UNICEF ambassador for peace and you're encouraging nuclear war against Pakistan. There's no winner in this. As a Pakistani, millions of people like me have supported you in your business of Bollywood and you I hear you. nuclear war. Whenever you're done venting. Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. And I'm delighted to announce that I'm joined. I'm back. I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Sam is I back. I don't need an intro again for the 10th time. <laughs> <laughs> after after many, many weeks of, of blanking my phone calls <laughs> and emails. Um, and you know what? The other day, in fact, just to let people know about the relationship between me and Hassan, I called him. And he was really serious and he, he didn't say hello. He just says, see him, I'll call you back in an hour. <laughs> and then I think it was about 40 hours later, I had to send him a text saying, this is the longest hour of my life. Um, and that was, yeah, that was bad. That was, that was pretty bad. That was pretty, I think that was one of the worst, I'll call you back, responses I've That's, given. I mean, I, I, like, you're lucky that I had to speak to you, otherwise I would have blocked you at that point, and, like, we wouldn't have spoken again. But anyways... Yeah, I do apologise. He is back. Um, back. How are your travels? I don't know, what have you been doing? My travels, I uh, I was away in Norway, um, seeing Europe. Um, we yeah. live in Europe here, you know, right? Sorry? We're in Europe now. We are in Europe, yeah, but other parts of Europe. Until yeah. the 31st of October. <laughs> Um, <laughs> bit of Brexit banter there. I don't think we've done Brexit banter before nah, on the podcast. Started, yeah, um, all right, so do you want to talk about the podcast? Today? So um, today we've got Aisha Malik uh, having a conversation with us. Um, and so over the course of the conversation, we kind of talk about the kind of build up to that, how she, sure. why she did that, um, and then also discussing, I guess, the kind of influencer space for sure um and the role that it plays and and i guess the role that it can play in terms of talking about serious issues and using a platform for good exactly um and that's that's pretty much everything i think yeah i think we should uh press play so here's our conversation with aisha does that work that's good okay perfect assalamu aisha thank you very much for, for joining us on the podcast thank you for having me um so I think let's let's get straight in. Uh, the, the reason we're having this conversation is is an incident that took place a few weeks ago um, where you were at Beauticon, I believe, in L.A. Um, I, I think for our UK... C- could we ask her to, to give us the story? In fact, yeah, let's do that. Why, why don't you tell us um, the story, the infamous story, which I'm sure you've told a million times by now. Yeah. But go for it. Uh, so my name is Aisha Malik, and I found myself in the influencer world by accident. So I don't do this full time, but mashallah, I get really high engagement online. So I get invited to a lot of different events and things and flown out to brand trips and whatnot. And when I do, I get to meet other influencer girls and it's a lot of fun. I love these people. So the one time of the year that we all get to be together under one roof is BeautyCon LA. So I had the intention to go hang out with friends. I did know some of the speakers. Uh, I only had the intention to see Tina Knowles and Kelly Rowland for obvious reasons. 
And um, so I was hanging out with my friends at their meet and greets. And then I checked the time. I'm like, oh, no, my other friend has her meet and greet across the convention floor. I'm just going to walk on over and support her. I'm walking across the floor and I see Priyanka Chopra. She's on these giant screens. She has a microphone on ha in hand and I'm far away, but I can hear everything she's saying. So I see her and I'm like a moth to the flame for a moment. I'm just thinking, whoa, I've invited this woman into my home dozens of times through Bollywood DVDs. I can't believe I'm even in the same vicinity as her. Too bad I'm not a fan anymore. And I start walking away. And that's when I heard it. She said, I'm a humanitarian and I believe that we should love our neighbors. And that triggered me. I just said, what did she just say? And I turned around and I started like bumping my way towards her. My Pakistani friend at the time, she knew what was going on. And so she was like trying to pull me away. And she's like, Aisha, just let it go. Let it go. I was like, no, no, I need to hear why she said that. I caught the last 20 minutes of her little spiel. And during those 20 minutes, I just got angrier and angrier and angrier. I was listening to this beauty queen preach about peace and how she was like Mother Teresa. And it was so disheartening to see everybody in the crowd just eat it up because I know her in a different way. I'm, I'm a South Asian fan. So I've been following her since 2000 when she was uh, awarded Miss World. And I've been watching her be problematic for the years over and over and over again. But it wasn't until February when her words were detrimental to everyone's safety in the subcontinent. She is BFFs with Modi. She has one of the biggest platforms in our region, in the world, actually. She has one of the highest followers online. And um, here she is advocating for war. And that's why I felt like I had to say something about it. Um, at, at the time, did you did you uh, was it was it an impulse to actually grab the microphone and say what you did to her, or did you feel like uh, did you think that there may be any repercussions? Did you feel like where I'm at in my life, um, you know, this might have a negative impact on my career, what I want to do, that kind of thing, or was it just that you felt you know this is what I want to what I want to say, and I'm going to say it regardless? So when she did tweet back in February, a lot of us did come at her and say, why did you do that? And she went radio silent. She didn't respond at all. And it really did get swept under, under the rug. So I felt like in that moment, if nobody brought it up, then it was never going to be addressed. And I did think about my influencer career and how it was going to change forever or if not be canceled. And I didn't care because I was just thinking about my family and the billions of people that live in that subcontinent. It's, it's quite uh, amazing, I think, the times that we live in. Um, because just looking, at, I mean, how I came across this story and, and what, what you did essentially was through Twitter. Um, it was one of the kind of Twitter news stories. And I came across your profile. And I think at the time you only had a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand followers on the platform. And I think up until that point, most of your most of your posting was just quite regular and, and standard and run of the mill like anyone's account. But then all of a sudden, when when you get put in this position, I think the tweet has had thousands and thousands of retweets. Um, but you start to see then the kind of role that social media plays in, in your voice becomes amplified to that point that you now are in a position to say something and have people listen. 
And I think that's what's really powerful. And I, and I almost feel like Priyanka's response and the way that she kind of replied to you only enhanced and helped your cause, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the backlash has been insane in that. Like I saw a post of hers recently on Instagram and all the comments were just, are you done venting? That's basically, that's all anyone is commenting and saying to her. And it's almost like it's really tarnished her own brand. Um, but the influencer space is just, it's crazy. So, so for the influencers, sorry, influencers, for the, for the listeners, <laughs> if, you can, if you can actually, because uh, I'm sure a lot of people would have seen the video, but for those who may not have seen it, uh, and also to give an insight, how did you feel about, so what, first of all, what did she reply to you uh, based on what you said? And how did it make you feel at the time and in that moment? Because I understand someone pulled the mic out of your hands as well. So um, how did that scenario play out? And how did you feel at the time that that happened? Um, it being such a, a big, you know, place and, and for them to do that kind of thing. How did it make you feel? Well, when she was talking for those last 20 minutes, she was rehearsing cute little trendy buzzwords. And you can tell that her PR team wrote everything that she was saying. But in that moment, she was speaking to me that was unfiltered and raw. And that's who she truly is. Um, I had dozens of her ex-employees reach out to me after this, whether they worked with her for just one event or for years. They all had said the exact same thing. It's like, that's exactly who she is. And I'm so glad the world can finally see it because her PR team is amazing. And they have created this image of her where she really is like Mother Teresa. And so I think it's important to be calling these people out. Otherwise, they just keep climbing the ladder. And if they don't actually believe in what they're saying, it's very dangerous. Um, you were mentioning about my Twitter. Uh, yeah. I, I'd never used it. I only used uh, Instagram and YouTube as my influencing platforms. And so uh, when I posted that video, I only had 600 followers. And then in two days, I had 52,000. Wow. And I think the reason why it resonated so much with people is because they see there's the like the celebrity advocacy is problematic and a lot of them are too scared to say something but when i said it they're like yes that's exactly how i feel but how i mean you raise a very interesting point there of of celebrity advocacy um and it's almost like with celebrity endorsements of products like i'm seeing i think there's a brand called is it fresh go fresh is it is a fresh uh, healthy food company sure um, I can't remember what it's called, but all of a sudden they've gone on some sort of influencer offensive. And now every celebrity up to like Hillary Duff is posting pictures of like their, their homemade meals that they've got, you know, um, that they've prepared and they've been sent the ingredients or whatever. But that's one side of things. That's for kind of capitalistic purposes. But when it comes to advocacy and causes, I feel like there it's a lot more sensitive and it's a lot more sure. difficult because you've got someone like Priyanka Chopra, who is Indian, who is clearly a big advocate of, of India um, and of Modi and everything else. But then sh I guess the question is, should influencers who are influential for, let's say, Bollywood or their look or whatever, their photography, should they be speaking about topical current affairs issues or should they stay in their lane, so to speak? And sorry, just to add one more point to that, if that's okay. Um, I think the 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 nerve that, well, for me personally, and from sure for a lot of people, is the fact that she was Priyanka Chopra is actually a UNICEF ambassador. 
Yeah. So even more than just being a celebrity, she's someone who in the social space is representing a huge charity, a world world renowned charity mm-hmm. um for human for humanitarian causes. So I think it's also the fact that it's very ironic that she's been given a title as someone who is a positive social activist. Yeah. Um and for her to be saying the comments that she is, I think it's very telling of where the celebrity celebrity advocacy and that kind of stuff is going basically. So let us know your thoughts. I mean, there are amazing celebrities out there that are doing good work, like Angelina Jolie and Emma Watson. They both work for the UN just the way that Priyanka does, but uh, they're not pro-war, so no one's going to be bothering them anytime soon. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, you say that, but how many companies and like big established companies today have done work for the Nazis, for Hitler in the past? So like IBM, I believe one of their first big contracts, and don't quote me on this, I know I'm saying this in a public domain, but I believe IBM, um, one of the jobs they worked on under the Nazi or for the Nazi government was like cataloging people in concentration camps wow. um, as like a data, a, a big data job. So like if our own corporations have this issue, are we surprised that influencers also do? Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. Yes. And I think that's the sad thing. And, and I think also what, what kind of came to light and what's really interesting, and you mentioned this earlier, because it's funny with, with Hussam, I kind of do his PR. So I make Hassam look good. If if it wasn't for uh, the Muslim Vibe podcast and, and just my general management of his day-to-day style and everything else, you would see the true face <laughs> of Hassam. So I've, I've spared everyone in that, in that regard. But when it comes to celebrities, it's a similar thing where you only see what they want you to see. Um, and, mm-hmm. and what I found really refreshing and why I reached out to you in the first place was that in that small interaction you had with her just in the in the response that she gave you in the manner that she addressed you in the fact that that even the look in her eyes she didn't seem interested or engaged in actually talking to you it was just a case of i need to move on from this and i also despise this human being is is what the sense that i got from her but that was Mm -hmm. what was so telling about it um but but the issue i guess is that it it, this isn't necessarily it's going to be a speed bump for her it's not going to dismantle her and pull her down she's always going to have the platform so how, how do we exactly. police and monitor that space? Like I said earlier, this isn't her first scandal. She has a couple dozen, actually. Wow. And uh, she it was like a, um, a bump in the road for her. She would go quiet online, and then she would come back with a new film, and it would be almost like nothing even happened. And uh, This one might be one of the, her biggest speed bumps, though, because she lost 3.5 million followers that day. Wow. But she was quiet for two weeks, and then she came back like as if nothing happened. And the comment section started to die. Um, I, I don't know if it was like her PR team deleting comments or monitoring. You know, you can also on Instagram, if there's a word like venting or embarrassed yourself, you can block yeah, yeah, you those can block comments. Certain words. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure the people that are typing um, genocide on her page, you know, you can't see those comments. So I have noticed that people are not responding back to her the way that they were earlier. I think it's important that we stay resilient and just keep going at it and don't let it get pushed underneath the carpet like that. And with regards to the actual uh, 
the the reason for you going up there and, and speaking I, I know you, you explained that you know it was kind of spur of the moment you were walking past and whatever else but what's at the heart of it with regards to India and with regards to war in Pakistan in terms of timing a lot was going on in Kashmir and it's still going on in Kashmir at the moment I think the blackout yes I saw a video from Amnesty International saying the the internet blackouts up to like 40 days now um mm -hmm. that it's it's horrible what's happening in Kashmir and and the Indians are obviously responsible the Indian government are responsible for this um but was was that in your head specifically or was it just a general thing about India and 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 hostility between India and Pakistan because often people see it as just like this rivalry between two countries um not understanding subtext or anything else Kashmir has always been on the back of my mind it is a custody battle that we're going through between the two of us and so um yeah I only had 40 seconds on the mic so I didn't get to like say our entire history up there but um when you talk about India and Pakistan you can't help but talk about Kashmir we've been fighting over that for over 70 years mm. so if I had more time on the mic obviously I would have gotten to Kashmir but I didn't so that's why on Twitter that's all I tweet about right and um in terms of I understand you only had 40 seconds of the mic, but I think uh, that did open you up to later, as you say, talk about it more on your Twitter and that kind of thing. How has the response been in terms of the general public? You know, you've said that a lot more people are now listening to you, but in terms of, say, uh, the media in general, how have they responded, responded in terms of uh, getting in contact with you and speaking to you? How has the, the conversation been? Do you feel like you've been had to you've been able to have a wider impact um, in terms of speaking upon the, the situation of Kashmir. Um, how has it been? Globally, it's been amazing because people just get it. They've, they've seen South Africa. They've seen Israel and Palestine. So they understand what's going on in Kashmir now, now that I've like, brought it up. And, uh, but there is a small group that has been fighting against me who are pro-fascism and they happen to be from one region in the world and it's really hard to connect with them because of the blind patriotism um they believe that you know being nationalistic is the only way to go and they are they they don't see the human rights violations they only see like go team go and it's been really difficult to reach out to them because no matter how much proof i tweet out or the stats, or even horrible videos and images, I just can't reach to them, and it's really scary to me. It's interesting because I, I think we always have this, um, we always have this issue, whatever, because obviously from a Muslim vibe perspective, we cover so many different um, stories and, and current affairs issues from around the world, and, and whatever we post out, whatever government it is that has done something horrible or whatever it might be, there's always someone on the other side that's unwilling to to listen. And I feel like sometimes, unfortunately, that's that's the kind of drawback of social media, that it, it just means that anyone can come on and say anything. Um, and it, it, it's a valid it's a valid perspective. Um, and, and it's funny, you talk about nationalism and obviously in reference to India, but you're also in, um, you're in, you're in America where you've got you've got a very similar kind of uh, <laughs> mentality that permeates throughout the government there at the moment um and and, the, oh, and, yeah. and republicans and it's i've always believed to be honest i don't know how you feel about this Hassan, but i've always felt that like nationalism is is one of our biggest fallbacks 
Um, and it's funny because from, from my own personal perspective, my, my kind of heritage is from India. Um, please don't uh, have a go at me about this, but I, I can't <laughs> control that, unfortunately. Um, I'm openly stating this. But yeah, so my, my family's from India originally, but we're, we're from East Africa. Um, so my grandparents live in East Africa in Kenya, um, and that's back home for me. And I was born in the UK, so I've never, I've probably repeated this like 10 times on the podcast because it always comes up, we talk about identity. But um, I don't have a, a homeland per se. So whenever I see people being mm. sort of nationalistic and tribalistic in that way, I can't resonate with it. Mm. Like when you get, from, from your perspective, when you get Iraqis that are like, oh yeah, I want to be buried back in Iraq and this and that. And it's yeah. like, what, th these are sort of artificial constructions that we have, mm. yet we hold on to them so tightly. It's quite mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I think, I think it, it's, it is simply a thing of identity. I would love to hear your thoughts as well on it, but I personally think it's, it's someone trying to find that a sense of, of belonging. Yeah, uh, trying to grasp at a sense of belonging that is, comes from maybe a slightly insecure place or a, a misunderstood yeah. place. But in terms, in terms of your perspective, Aisha. And I, you also, Aisha, just out of curiosity, you mentioned a couple of times you're talking about we and uh, you're talking about us and them, and you're referring to Pakistan. Um, you're not referring to America. I find that interesting. Um, how, how do you kind of identify? And also, I guess, out, out of curiosity, what's the experience like of the sort of South Asian community in the immigrant community in America? Okay. Um, because I'm traveling a lot in the lower 48s, that's what we called uh, America. That's not Hawaii and Alaska. So like I am isolated from America and uh, in the United States, I have noticed the immigrant Desi diaspora community. We just kind of gra uh, gravitate or um, we just kind of like gravitate stick together. That's the word. Grav yeah, we just kind of gravitate towards each yeah. other. And there's no national identity there. We're just one. And so when uh, this whole Priyanka thing blew up, a few hours later, I was hanging out with a bunch of Indians. And they were very confused. And they, there's all these tweets how I was paid by the Pakistani government to do what I did. And it's like, they have no <laughs> idea like what it's like here across the ocean, how our Desi community is like. When I go to Pakistan, they are like very anti-Indian and, and they're like making fun of Hindus. And I'm like, why are you talking about your neighbors? You have so much more in common with them than you think. But because they've never met them, it's like this, it's just this hateful rhetoric that's going on back home. And it just blows my mind. I'm like both an insider and an outsider when I go back home. That's quite interesting. So I'm considered the... Isn't that, isn't that quite, quite yeah, an interesting dual perspective there? It, um... There was actually one thing you mentioned, I think it was before we started the podcast, with regards to the the response that this has all had and the impact that you can obviously have with it. Um, I think you mentioned, we were talking about sponsors because obviously you have quite a large platform online. Um, has there been any fallout in that way? Have any kind of Pakistani companies come forward saying, oh, you know, would you be a brand ambassador for us, anything like that? Because um, I, I, again, yeah. I, I always find that very interesting. But more than the positive, the negative, like have people then cut ties with you as a result of, of all of this that's happened? Mm -hmm. um, as for as Pakistani brands, there has been a couple that reached out to me. I didn't respond back because I just I wasn't in interested generally. I knew that the only reason why they want me on board is because now I am a public figure 
in this country that didn't really know who I was before. And then here in the United States, two brands did drop me, but that's because they don't want to be political in any way. And I guess uh, now I'm in geopolitics. There's no denying that. But there have been some brands that did reach out to me because they're like, we need more badass women on our team. We would love to work with you. Amazing. So it was like a win-win. And and, uh, just obviously you don't need to reveal exactly who, but in terms of, um, because I work in the fashion industry. So um, I I guess as you can see, co-hosting this podcast, I do work on the commercial side and I also try and help in in a more... um, you know, like a. Uh, Are we a charity case for you? Is that uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a charity case, but I try. I try to help on as many fronts as possible, and I think um, it's interesting. The more um, disadvantaged people in society. Thank you, thank you, Sam. Appreciate it. But Sam no, shares an office with us. That's the only way he made it on the podcast. But, <laughs> but essentially, on. I think um, working in the commercial space. Um, uh, would you say that it it was uh, commercial brands that don't have any affiliation with social uh, kind of. Uh, social development, that kind of stuff, um, and is it the fact that they saw as a, as a woman, as a Muslim, as a a you know a person of color uh, who was a who done something which was quite brave and on a public platform? Um, was it those kind of companies that reached out, or do you think that it was uh, more of the people that are trying to maybe cling on to something or that kind of thing? What what are your thoughts? And and it'd be interesting to find out, especially someone who has a commercial side. To, to your career as well um what kind of brands those were uh i would say really big brands reached out to me and the small brands let me go wow. so i guess with the small brands they didn't have a lot of diversity on their team to begin with and so that's why they didn't understand what's going on and then the big brands you know they have more diversity on their team and they're a little bit more educated on what's going on in the world so they're like yeah we need to have this girl here with us that's very, very good to hear. Um, so I think I think the wider conversation mm-hmm. of this is, I guess, people who do have a public platform and do work in a commercial space. Um, I found working in the industry and from uh, some of our conversations earlier on, I feel like sometimes a lot of people fear to stand up and, um, you know, speak on, on social issues um, out of fear of, you know, losing... Uh, their brand ties losing yeah. their brand sponsorships losing their audiences what have your thoughts been and possibly give us a background on what you do um in the commercial space space um how that's been as an experience and what you might say to people who do have a platform to speak out but choose not to out of fear so as an influencer technically our goal at the end of the day is to be popular And so these past two years, I have only got like 99.9% positive comments and people just singing my praises. And this is the first time in my life where it's like 50-50 and it's it's new and it's different. Uh, Did shock me at first, but now I'm like used to it. I'm like, wait, it's supposed to be like this because now we're having real conversations. There's actually important dialogue that's going on instead of like, oh my God, your hashtag goals. I love your hair. It's like, how am I going to save the world by having a good head of hair? Like I just, it was frustrating to me. So I'm, I'm actually happy that I'm getting a lot of hate comments because now I can engage with these people. Some of them kind of are lost causes because of the, how extremist they are, but there are a lot of people out there that are on the fence 
And those are the people that I'm trying to reach out to. As for influencers that have these giant platforms and don't say anything, watch them. Keep like keep tabs on them and know that like they are being silent. I can name so many from the South Asian community that have huge, huge platforms who are completely silent on these things. And I'm it's not that I hate them or anything, but I I do think, wow, what a wasted opportunity. You know, be on the right side of history here. Who cares if you lose a couple million here or there? But it's just it is it is kind of sad. Uh, I can't tell them what to do or anything. I just can only witness what's going on and just think I I just don't want to so be I think, like I think an important point there is when you said um, going from, uh, you know, being on a public platform where most people are singing your praises to people now, a lot of people, when you say 50-50, I mean, that's, that's a big number. And for a lot of people that work in the influence space, um, I do a lot of work in mental health as well when it comes to the fashion industry and that kind of thing. And there has been a huge conversation around the idea that, um, you know, the, the comments that, that people do give, a lot, a lot of people think don't really reach these influencers and doesn't really have an impact. But um, a lot of people do get a lot of insecurity and self-hate off the back of those kind of things. So for you, how, how do you think that affected you if it did in any way? And for those influencers that do feed off of the comments that they, they receive, what maybe words of uh, wisdom you would have for those, those people that tend to, you know, be quite negatively affected by hate comments? I don't like being preachy and, um, I am actually quite religious, but nobody really knows it because I'm super, super private of it. Like, I don't even pray in front of my family. I close the door in my room and it's a very private, intimate thing for me. So I'm, I'm going to be a little preachy here, but I actually think when I was walking down the convention hall and Priyanka said that, I think that was divine intervention in that moment. I think Allah really wanted me to hear that because he knew I was going to say something. And... um so many of my family friends are like reaching out to me like about my mental health. I'm like, are you okay? Because I would have committed suicide by now because of the amount of vitriol that's coming towards you. I don't know why I, um, I can justify it. Like I'm just, I feel like I'm quite rational and logical and I know where the hate is coming from. It's just misunderstanding and they've been brainwashed. So that's why they're saying such mean things to me. I think I really do think God wanted me to go through this because he knew I could take it. That's, uh, that's, that no, that's, that's really powerful. I mean, I think what's, what's crazy about this whole space is that I feel on one level, the, the whole social media world is, is a bubble. Um, and as you said, 99%, 99.99% of stuff people will get is from their fans, from their supporters, from people who admire them for whatever it is, be it their beauty or the, the wealth that they have or whatever else. But when you suddenly strip back the layers and what you did was humanize yourself beyond, as you mentioned, your hair is, is I think, your kind of USP. Um, you humanize yourself beyond that and you spoke about a cause much deeper than something superficial. And all of a sudden it opened up the sort of the, the, the reality of, of the world, um, of like how polarizing everything is and how polarized everyone is. Um, I think that's really powerful. 
um and it's something that like i'm glad you have so much conviction um with and and like i've been on the, i've been on the receiving end of like hateful or hurtful comments let's say um with regards to having published content and things like that but whilst i know what my intention is i know what i was doing with the piece and i know i stand by it it's still quite difficult to read those things and i can only imagine with a kind of the the, the number of people that that follow you and are commenting on your stuff i can only imagine that things get very personal very quickly um and and that can be quite alarming um and it's something that i think more widely we need to we need to tackle and, and mm-hmm. approach with regards to social media because there's been so many issues with regards to mental health and everything else um but it, it can be a lot so i i think i mean full full credit to you in, in terms of just the way that you've approached it um and the mentality you have it's 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 very promising to hear that um and i think it, what i mean i would definitely say just just continue doing what you got to do really and, and use the platform to the best of your advantage because not everyone has the ability to kind of um just speak out and have people listen but you've now been blessed with that right so it's up to you to kind of go forward and 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 make something of it 100%. um on that note actually what i mean what are your plans uh you mentioned your youtube channel and i think it's quite interesting it's it's the largest of your platforms but you haven't posted on it in over a year um but i feel like there's a huge opportunity there um to now dive into to really doing something <laughs> sorry i'm laughing because you have no idea almost on a daily basis whether it's from a follower or somebody I know who just keeps like dragging <laughs> me about that because um i only have five videos on that channel and I have almost 200,000 wow. subscribers. I haven't posted in a year and a half. And I'm going to be honest, it's because I don't care about hair. Like I said what I have to say. That's my routine. So there <laughs> we go. But, um, I, Inshallah, I'll be using it now. Um, hopefully, I will post a video before the weekends because in a week, I will be at the UN. And I think I need to update everybody what's going on. I can't really say much for like safety's sake because um, I've been on so many brand trips and doing things influencer work wise, but this is the first time where I am scared of my safety. So that's why I'm not like trying to like tell people what's going on. But inshallah, I will post a video in a week on my YouTube channel, kind of debriefing what's going on and what I'm Amazing. doing to help. That's incredible. Amazing. I, th- I think I think um, being that there's there's you've got a significant audience there. I feel like. Um, posting, you know, social justice kind of um, videos there can can reach a large audience, um, and yeah, I think I think we'll be excited to see what can possibly come out of the next few months. It, for you. It, well, I think what's interesting is that you've you've managed to kind of almost growth pack the whole influencing space. Talking about politics, like with the Muslim vibe, it's been five years, and we've grown the platform from the basement up. So now we have over 800,000 followers across our social media. So on Facebook, we have, I think, 750,000. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, we've got about 20,000. But this is like us grafting away for five years, creating content, talking about current affairs and, and really kind of going in deep. You've gone the other way where you started with hair um, and got, got the audience. And then all of a sudden, one day... Um, stood up to Priyanka Chopra and now now I think it's an amazing opportunity for you to actually be able to talk about things that you're clearly incredibly passionate about 
Um, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm I'm glad yeah. to also see that, like, how passionate you care about this stuff. He's basically saying that Salim's going to be doing tutorials about hair. I'm soon. doing hair tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think I think you approached it the wrong way. I spent five years wasting my time. I could have done like beard regime. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I think that's 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 awesome to be honest. Hundred uh, percent. Any other questions for Sam? Um, or comments? I think, I think just leading on from what Salim said, I think. Um, I think I do hope that uh, other people with uh, presence on social media uh, and public platforms do follow in your footsteps. And I think um, you you really do stand as a uh, as someone who's who's, sh- who's shown what is possible um, for those people out there who do have a commercial, um, you know have some presence in the commercial space and what they're able to do and like you said uh, rather than brands running away from you you've you've had a lot of positive interactions post the event that actually happened um and yeah i think i think we we should definitely um commend you for for what you've done and also just one thing for sam's far too uh humble to say but he's mentioned his his fashion photography. He plugs himself on every podcast just to let you know. <laughs> he's not like, he's he does some freelance work. The Muslim vibe. He's not a part of the Muslim vibe, so he uses our platform to just plug himself and self promote. But if you're ever in London and are looking for a photographer or videographer, Hussam has a lot of experience in the fashion industry. Um, so thank you for the plug. I, I, I will pass on your details, and and it's always there in case you need it. He asked for these things beforehand, so I thought I'd just do it on air just to make it a bit easy. <laughs> Um, but no, thank you, thank you very much for your time, Aisha. This has been a, a really enjoyable chat, and as I said, like uh, all the best in the future. If there's anything you know the Muslim vibe can do for you in terms of if you're promoting a particular cause or you want to write about something or whatever, the platform is there for you always. Um, it is a, I mean, just to I guess fill you in a bit more, it is a grassroots platform. Most of our written content is sort of community um, contributed, so it's just writers from around the world, people who have followed the platform often for years will then submit content and start writing for us regularly um but it's all about creating a voice for young muslims in the west um as i said you both hacked the whole system by just jumping straight in um and you're at the un it'll take me another five years to get there but you know we're we're all hustling it's fine (laughs) um but once again thank you so much for your time So Salim. Oh, you beat me to it. I did indeed. Go on, go on, go on. He <laughs> was just about to start talking. I had to cut him off. <laughs> yes. You know, you can't take all the shine, you know. Sorry, sorry, go for it, go for it. I think it was a very good conversation that we just had with yeah. Aisha. I think she shared some very interesting insights on her personal perspective, the perspective of an influencer and mm-hmm. using your platform for I think even um, b- before and after the podcast when we were talking to her as well. Yeah. Um, what was in- This is like one of those behind the podcast moments. Behind the podcast. Um, but what was interesting was that like her, her sort of passion for... Um, passion for fashion. Not passion for fashion. <laughs> her passion for the whole activism um, and, and the, the cause that she's passionate about, like the whole Pakistan-India stuff. Yeah. Um, that's now at the core of what she's doing, which I really like. For sure. For um, sure. I think that's a very, very good pivot. And, and she touched upon also um, kind of uh, other influencers and, yes. and trying to encourage them to also use that. And, and I think thinking or looking at the fact that, yes, hate comes on these platforms, people yeah, yeah, are yeah. going to yeah. say negative things. But ultimately, it's like this is your one opportunity 
this is like the platform that God has given you yeah um, with the potential to reach and speak to so many people yeah um, and have them listen and engage with it and, and it's it's key yeah. and, and I mean I totally understand the perspective of people that do hold a public yeah a public figure um, or are a figure in the public space yeah um, in speaking out on their social social issues because you know some people have rents to pay they're afraid of losing brand connections yes yeah. Um, especially in the influencer space because it's such a inf- uh, competitive market everyone is just thinking this can you know disappear tomorrow um, because there's a million people lined up to take my place so for her to stand out and be brave enough to not care about um, what the repercussions are and stand up for the, the cause that she's passionate about yes I think it's very commendable I think um, something to learn from and be inspired by for sure that is a big question what's the big question are you going to be joining us on the next podcast <laughs> i'm uh, i'm going to check my schedule check your schedule <laughs> see if you feel like replying to my phone calls um no, no I think it was good having you man thank you i thank appreciate you for guest it's co-hosting. good to be back this chair is so comfortable I it's feel, a guest spot let's it feels be honest. good to be back in my own office you know yeah, but <laughs> our office our office um <laughs> But no, thank you. Uh, thank you for co-hosting. Thank, thank you, you to Aisha as well for, for taking the time out to speak yeah, to us. I'm not sure. sure the time difference, but I'm sure it's early morning um, out in Alaska. Alaska, yeah. I've never spoke. I've never met anyone from Alaska. Neither have I, to be honest. I, I, I... What's weird is, is just a bit of background for the audience. Oh, yeah, go on. Before the conversation, she said that she actually did not have a community yeah. out there at all. She only had family in yeah, Alaska. Yeah, yeah. And that's very crazy it's like for it to be you know over she said i think something like 89 percent white white Mm. um white people over there so it's uh struggled on the word white there (laughs) i was like how do i what do i call white white um white beings (laughs) white walkers Um, are you telling me no white people so yeah it's um that's that's i think everything for the podcast sure uh yeah, for those of you that are new to the podcast, um, this is the Muslim Vibe podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. I'm he's Salim, and you're meant to say, and you're Hassan. I'm not introducing you, mate. Oh, we're not there yet. I, we're, I'm Salim. We're working on it. <laughs> I'm Hassan. There you go. Well done. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, and uh, be sure to subscribe. Um, and in fact, the last time I did this, people actually did it. So, can you give us like a five star rating if you've enjoyed this? And if you haven't enjoyed it, still give us a five star rating because it's it looks good for us that we have lots of five star ratings. <laughs> We're only on about 30 something right now um, and we have uh, hundreds of listeners every week. So if if like 10 percent of you guys did this and that would be much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you very much.